0: That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By. powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content, Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to... Another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach Bai. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a beatdown of epic proportion on Tuesday night at Ball Arena. Oh my gosh. I've been watching play uh, basketball my whole life. And I don't think I remember a first quarter quite... Like what we saw in the first 12 minutes against Minnesota in a 146 to 112 victory. And guys, I'm going to pat my own self on the back because you're not here to do it for me right now. On the very last episode earlier this week, I said, I swear to God, and I'm paraphrasing, but I'm kind of not. It was close to a quote. I said, I swear to God, I think this team's going to score 150 points in regulation. One of these games. It happened the next game, nearly a buck forty six in a regulation game without Jamal Murray, who is coming off a 40 piece and no Bones Highland. And this group still found a way to drop one hundred and forty six points at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The first quarter, I can confidently tell you. I will remember for the rest of my life, bar- barring some sort of uh mental erosion um, down the stretch. I'm going to remember this for a very, 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 very long time. I can't remember anything like it. A 32 to two run. Are you effing kidding me? I just, what in the world? That is just so over the top. And like, my thing is, like, is that just a supernova version of the Celt- or the Celtics, of the Nuggets, or um, is that just who they are? I, I, I don't know. Um, it's probably somewhere in between. But I think that's who they can be on any given night. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was fantastic. In the opening uh, quarter, let's just start there. Nineteen points in the first quarter. If you remember, that's how many points Minnesota had after twelve minutes. So, so MPJ was tied with Minnesota in points after the first twelve minutes. Remarkable. Forty-nine points scored. Second most in a first quarter in NBA history. And I was there for the the game. That's the most in NBA history. It was back in two thousand and nineteen. The Nuggets had gone up to uh, Golden State and beaten the Warriors. And I believe this is when they still had KD um, and they were just like prime warriors. And they went up there, uh, Denver went up there and beat them. And um, there was a feel-good uh, at- atmosphere uh, with the Denver team at that time. And those Warriors came in here on a mission. And I was there and I watched Golden State drop 51 Points in 12 minutes. That is the most in any first quarter in NBA history. The difference is, um, and I went and looked this up. The Nuggets had like 38. So it was like 51 to 38, something like that. So like they were down like 13 points or something. The Nuggets were up thirty after twelve minutes. That should be, and I and I mean this, that should be physically impossible. This isn't like youth sports where the one team has to play up in like an AAU tournament, and it's like 9-year-olds against 11-year-olds, and you're down 30 after the first. This is NBA basketball. This is a team that just beat the Nuggets a couple nights before. Now, we talked about it. We know who who played and who didn't play. Um, That wasn't really a representation of who Denver is. But it was one of these things like, oh, like you guys are feeling pretty good about that? Okay, watch this. You're about to meet the real Nuggets Enter scene right. Jokic, triple-double in 19 minutes. The fourth fastest triple-double in the history of NBA basketball. It's absurd. I think it's 10 uh, triple-doubles in the last 12 games for Jokic. He had 16 assists. He's, he's getting to the point where he's going he's gonna to be comfortably averaging a triple-double. Comfortably. Right now he's averaging 25, 11, and 10 on 64% shooting. It's, 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 it's remarkable. It is just remarkable. But Jokic like wasn't really the story here. This was, um, I mean, Jokic is always a story, right? Um, but Michael Porter jr. For me, that was my biggest takeaway. Uh, he had a Porter quarter, but parlayed it into a Porter game. 30 points. MPJ was a plus 43 when he was out on the floor. And that first quarter, you saw him do it, uh, doing it in an assortment of ways. He was knocking down threes. Sure. But he was also finishing in transition. He had that cool play with Ish Smith where um, it's a three-on-two and Ish dumps it off between the legs. And MPJ finished with the left hand on the left side of the basket um, as Edwards was closing in. He, um, he, caught, a, he caught an alley-oop from Jokic. Um, really, uh, he, was, he, was, he was like parlaying possessions. And he was really good defensively, too, I thought. Uh, way better than I'm than I'm accustomed to, and he's kind of rounding in the form, um, n- not not anywhere near perfect, but much better than it used to be. And I think that just from a, an athleticism standpoint, he's continually working back to where he was. That's why I thought the baseline alley oop was actually sort of noteworthy, where. You know, MPJ, you remember, like, who that guy was, like, in the bubble or whatever. You remember him putting, um, who is it from the Clippers uh, on an absolute poster? It was at Montrez Harrell, I believe, which is a fantastic still image. Google it. Um, but, like, MPJ could, like, fly around. That's what made him different. That's why he was supposed to be the number one pick. It was the size, it was the shooting, but the athleticism, too. And since he has come back from the most recent injury, we haven't really seen that so it was really encouraging to see that guy, you know, flying around, uh, catching lobs, uh, contorting his body um, in the way that he did on that play. He had a separate play where he came right down the middle of the lane and had a dunk. And we just have not seen that version of that guy um, in that department quite like we did. And I'm just really, really encouraged. And and, and we had this conversation on the air um, earlier today. And at the time of recording, it's a Wednesday afternoon. Just uh, just got off the air from my three-hour uh, radio show, and uh, I'm not going to stick around too much longer because I got to get my uh, four year old to to physical therapy. But uh, look at like the last like week and a half, two weeks for Michael Porter Jr. It was 22 points um, it, on Sunday against Minnesota in that blowout loss. That's fine. Like, I, I, I again, I'm not going to reset the context of that game, uh, but 22 points. Uh, on the on the heels of, uh, of that thirty point game, but the game before that against Atlanta uh, on on the previous day on Saturday when they hosted the Hawks, um, MPJ went for twenty three on nine of sixteen shooting, made three threes. The game before that was the previous Thursday against Golden State, where the Nuggets um, saw what the Warriors had and upped them like three annies. And uh, MPJ uh, shot 50% that game and went for 17 points. The previous game was 13 points against New Orleans. The game before that, it was 20 points against the Sixers. The game before that, it was 19 against the Pacers. It hasn't all been perfect. There was a four-point game mixed in there when he went one for six against Minnesota a couple of weeks back. But the game before that, it was 23. Game before that, it was 16. Game before that, it was 22. He is rounding into shape. All right. And, and and by shape, I mean physical shape, but also just the basketball um, like levelness, like the basketball uh, water level is finding its level, if that makes sense with Michael Porter Jr. So I'm really encouraged uh, by, by what I saw from uh, the 24 year old uh, MPJ. Uh, I thought Aaron Gordon was fantastic. He's kind of like like third wheel here, um, but for him to go for 24 points uh, underwhelming rebounding number, who cares, whatever. But he had eight assists and four steals to go with two blocks. That is some sort of stat line from your power forward. Eight assists from your four, man. That's unusual. So tip of the cap to, to Aaron Gordon. Um, Bruce Brown uh, had a, a tweak in his ankle, I, I believe it was. Um, so uh, not, you know, did light the world on fire, but he was not a problem. No one was a problem. I mean, no, no one was a problem. Christian Brown continues to be fantastic. Four or five from the field, scores eight points, plus 13 in 18 minutes. Like, you take it. I thought Ish Smith, he logged in major minutes, played with the starters at some point. 29 minutes, went for eight points, he was a plus 17, and he had seven assists. That guy is a water bug, man. Just can scoot on you. I love it. But the, the depth of the team is being showcased. Because this is, a, this is a game where DeAndre Jordan didn't play, no biggie. Um, but Bones, of course, once again, did not play. So let's just turn our attention to, to Bones here for a second, because as I said, I'm not going to do uh, stay for too much longer. Um, the trade deadline at the time of recording is tomorrow at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. I am getting to the point where I'm like, are the Nuggets actually going to trade him? Has his value taken a hit? Has his reputation taken a hit where even in the last three weeks, it was, yeah, you could get a first round pick for him. And now it's now it's what are you getting? Are you getting two seconds? If that's the case, I'll just tell you right now, I don't think I trade him. I don't think you just trade him for the sake of trading him because he wants to be traded. He is under team control. He is on a rookie contract. And Calvin Booth should not just settle for less than what Bones true worth is. And if they do, and it's something like, and who knows what they have planned, but say it is like two second round picks. Those are, those are Siberia. I mean, NBA second round, there are a few examples like uh, Jokic or even a second, cousin, a second cousin of that type of success. Um, it's not the NFL. It's way different. Second round picks are flyers. Bones Highland isn't a flyer anymore. He's a known commodity. At least more known than, the, than two second round picks. If that's, the, if that's the current price tag, I just don't think I move them at all. And you try to recenter the situation. Like, was it really that bad in the first place? Like, was it really that bad? You're playing 20 minutes a night for the number one team in the West. And Michael Malone, after the game in the locker room on uh, Tuesday night, was like, hey, it was, I'm paraphrasing. It's like uh, to, to, to the younger guys, hey, pay attention. This bleep is uh, not normal. Don't take it for granted. Right? being 38 and 17 dropping 150, 146 points in regulation being 26 and four at home. All that stuff's not normal. Hey, young guys, don't take it for granted. I wonder if there's a, uh, the internal compass of bones. Here's that. And is like, wow, he's telling these other young guys not to take this for granted. And this is the situation I'm demanding out of. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, that day when he walked off the court into the locker room and left the left the arena, that, I think, is still at the central hub of this. That was like a line of demarcation. And we talked about it at the time. That was just not a good stinking look. And the word is out around the league. And do you really want to deal with a headache uh, from a, a personality standpoint in, say, I don't know, Charlotte or wherever? I don't know. I don't know. So I wonder, I wonder if this is actually salvageable. If you can actually get these parties back on the same page post-deadline, being like, okay, this is where you're going to be for the rest of the year. Let's recenter ourselves. Was it really ever that bad in the first place? Was it that bad that you would demand a trade? Uh, you know, uh, um, probably not when you take a step back from everything. Like, yeah, some bad decisions made, some frustration, some immaturity. Bad enough to move a commodity that you hit on late in the first round when you're a team like Denver that has to rely on draft picks? Uh, that, that's kind of where I'm at today. So, um, shout out, uh, like I said, shout out earlier Michael Porter Jr. That was awesome to see. Shout out Nikola Jokic. Um, there's been six first half, drop, uh, first half triple doubles since the mid-90s, and Jokic has two of them. Did it in 19 minutes. Unbelievable. But actually, at the same time, believable. At the same time, it is believable. It's Jokic. Anything is possible, right? Uh, right now, Nuggets uh, stay firmly atop the Western Conference with a four-and-a-half game cushion over Memphis. We will circle back um, and talk about what did or didn't happen post-trade deadline. Uh, the next game for Denver is at Orlando, Uh, Tomorrow night, February 9th, Thursday, followed by a game in Charlotte on Saturday. And then finally, they'll wrap up that three-game road trip in Miami on Monday evening at 530. So we'll leave it there for now. If anything breaks at the deadline, we'll be here to talk about it. And whatever happens next, Orlando, Charlotte over the weekend, trade deadline, you already know. We're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.